This is Film Center, your number one show for real entertainment industry news. No fluff, all facts. Now, here are your anchors, Derek Johnson II and Nicholas Killian. Hey everyone, welcome to Film Center. I'm Derek Johnson II. I'm Nicholas Killian. And what are we talking about today, Nicholas? Today, we're doing something different today. Yes, do a little different. We do not have an interviewee today. We're not interviewing anybody. No. Um, DJ had this really great idea. Actually, you know what? Since it it was your idea, why don't you go ahead and flesh it out? Okay, so here's the thing. This is still Film Center News, and their Oscars are coming up. The Oscars are going to be... There's a lot of really great Oscar-nominated films this year. There are some that... I like more than others, and I feel like, I feel like Nicholas probably feels the same way. I mean, everybody knows that there's Oscar films, like you, there's certain, Oscar bait films. Yeah, yeah Oscar bait films. Like it's not necessarily it's like art films, right? Yeah. So to make sure there is still some news in here, just so you know, as of the twenty seventh February, the twenty twenty four Oscar nominees are here. Oppenheimer has thirteen. Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer, whatever, has thir- the guy who made sure that we tons of people were murdered. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's unfortunate. It's not a joke. I just it's whatever. Moving on. They have thirteen. Four things with eleven. Flower killers of the flower moon with ten, and then Barbie with eight. I'm be for real with you. What do they call it? Barben- Barbenheimer. I feel like that really helped push them to get their numbers up. And just in case you're wondering where you can see it, you can stream it on Fubu. F U B O. Which, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Fubu or Fubu, whatever. Uh, Fubu, that, that's the clothing brand. That's the clothing brand, you're right. So I think it's pronounced Fubu, F-U-B-O. You can also stream it on Hulu, Sling, and DirecTV Stream. And then you can also watch it by logging on com slash backslash watch dash live. So that's where you can check out the Oscars. They'll be playing in the Dolby Theater too. They'll be in the Dolby Theater March 10th, starting at 4 p.m. Yeah. Weren't people upset about the Barbie movie because the only person that was nominated from that movie was Ryan Gosling? <laughs> That's not what we're talking about today. <laughs> because the Oscars are coming up, and as everyone knows, me and Nicholas are in the industry. We this we get our paychecks from as ever big as big or small as they might be. Right, <laughs> they are from entertainment. So. Uh, with the Oscars coming up and things like that, and um, especially with IMAX having uh, low records nowadays, which is crazy, because when right. I was a kid, IMAX was like the thing. Like you had like- IMAX is going to go the way of the 3D. So remember, right. everybody thought 3D was it. It was the next big thing. I remember they even had them in science museums, 3D stuff. They were like, this is the next generation of movies. And then... It wasn't. No. The only movie I remember being 3D was... Spy Kids. Spy Kids. Spike is 3D. Avatar was also 3D. Oh, yeah. What was that one movie that had the wolf boy in it? But he was a you shark love... boy and lava girl. Yeah. Also made by Spike Kids people. Right. <laughs> so Taylor Lautner before he was, you know, the wolf boy or whatever. Yeah, and uh, Jacob. Jacob in Twilight. Yeah. He was over there singing Dream Dream. <laughs> yep. I'm not really sure who wrote that script, but... All I know is that you have a special place in my heart because only a true psychotic <laughs> meth head could have wrote, written that movie. If you want, and then it's who's the villain? <laughs> <laughs> 
He's staying up all late, all night, thinking about, okay, who could be a, a really great villain for this? And then, you know, late night Nickelodeon. Then, oh, yeah, George Lopez should be the villain. What's up? <laughs> Get it? What's up? So, uh, so we talked about that a little bit of news, so where you get your news filled. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about, about really getting started in the industry. A lot of people who listen to us, yeah, you're in the industry, and but that doesn't necessarily mean you know exactly where you're going with certain things. Me and Nicholas, we are currently working on a television show of our own, and yeah. um, we're about developing, to... producing, and currently in production of a TV show. Yeah, so we're currently in our own production for a TV show. We can't say for which company it's for. However... Um, Nicholas, what would you say is the biggest thing that people run into making a television show? Getting started. Yes, getting started. Getting started. So just recently, um, me and DJ read. DJ probably reads. I don't read. I listen to the books because I have ADHD. Yeah, he uses audio. I do. Uh, Yeah, go ahead. But um, we, DJ is an avid reader and which is. For those of you who don't know. like I said, my name is Derek Johnson, but I go by DJ. DJ is, I, I've read a lot of books in the past year because DJ's like, oh, read this book. Oh, read it. And I was like, okay, cool. I come into Nicholas's office probably four or five times a day. Like, hey, man, have you read this book? And Nick is like, no. No. Because man. you just told me about this new one like literally 30 minutes ago. But anyway, everybody knows getting started, you just got to get started. For example, I just read 50 Cent's new book. Or listen to it. I, it's not I really his new book, but yeah, but Fifty Cent's book. But his hustle smarter, hustle harder, hustle smarter, whatever. Hustle, well, yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. And uh, the chapter is named "Just Do Stuff." Just do stuff. Get started. So, in, in whatever it is, the crazy part is not only are we a production company, Soy Sauce Productions. We produce TV, podcasts, radio, radio show, podcasts. Mm. We also consult with other people on... We do audiobooks. We do press for... We do a lot. Yeah. We also... We have people that come to us and want to help them get started on what they want to do and started as podcasts and started as... In the entertainment industry in general. By the way, this is uh, a time that I should shout this out. Um, Some people are apparently... We got... It's odd because they contacted us and we're like, we're not sure how to contact you. And I'm just like, how did you? (laughs) So we're on Instagram and Film Center News. And then also you can send us a DM. And then also you can email us at info at filmcenternews.com. That's info at filmcenternews.com. Just in case you guys want to stay in better contact with us. But go ahead, Nicholas, what you were talking about. Or just criticize how bad of a job we're doing. Which, yeah, you, know, you want to just send us a message saying, you know, hey, some hate mail. It's all I good. I think that you guys are terrible. Yeah. I bet you are just as ugly as you sound. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, so getting started is often the biggest problem for a lot of people. And so we're going to, starting to do a movie and starting to do a TV show, there's completely two different routes here. Not right. completely, but starting off, they're a little, they're, they have similarities. So Each medium is a different road that you take. Right. But we're going to talk a little bit about starting television because streaming is really big and, and movies... Um, are not as profitable as they used to be. That's why everyone's mm-hmm. television until it inevitably flip flops again, and then once again, movies are king. But it'll go back right. and forth. One of the biggest things, and now I know this feels like, duh, 
but you'd be surprised. Nick was an organism. You would be <clears throat> guys. You would be so surprised about the things that you should. You're gonna say is like, duh, but then people don't have. But the crazy part <laughs> is, is me and DJ. Through all the countless meetings and consultations that we've been through. And some of them being useless and taking up a lot of our time of our day. Right. It's always the people that have no idea what they're doing with all the money. Yeah. Usually people who have no like, idea what they're doing. literally no idea what, we're do- what they're doing. We went to a consultation about some people who wanted to start a podcast. Yeah. And they didn't even know what a podcast was. And it was weird because they brought in an audio engineer. Hold on. Before we get on that tangent, let's start with the first section, which I'm going to call writing. For some reason, a lot of people don't have a script. It's very... <laughs> they have a vision. They have a vision. And I'm just telling you, as someone who is a professional, I'm a professional writer, professional screenwriter. It's how I pay my bills by writing. Let me tell you guys something. If you have an idea or a vision and it's not written down, you don't have an idea or a vision. Ideas are not copyrightable. I hate to break it to you, but, and not only that, there's even those cases in where, and this has happened to me, where I'm on a water bottle tour, which those of you who don't know what that is, it means they call it a water bottle tour because you're going around to different studios and different production companies and you're Mm -hmm. pitching them your idea, your, your IP rather, which is IP stands for intellectual property. Right. And... Instead of taking your IP, I'm not going to reference these studios specifically, but basically they'll hear your pitch, say, no, we're not interested. And then the moment you leave, they will start developing that your exact pitch with some other people. (laughs) But the reason why they can do that is because IPs are not, ideas are not copyrightable. Right. A lot of people are, take their idea as if that's what's useful. Your ideas are basically not useful at all. There, no. There's like nothing, like no one cares about them. And I hate to, a lot of people are like, oh, but like, especially because you know, we'll talk to some people or things are based off their real life. And they'll be very defensive. They'll say, oh, this is my story. This is my story. I hate to break it to you. A lot of people have might have similar stories, no matter how crazy it is. Like, right. you know, some people, they talk about being in war. Some people talk about being abused. And it's like, unfortunately, a lot of people have those stories that they want to tell. So what makes you special is your execution of that story yes. of the idea you have the idea of super fast cars right and some people but the idea of oh someone who's a really great driver who's a great race car driver it could be ford versus ferrari or it could be speed racer but both the ideas are about a really great race car driver right it's just in the execution and so is fast and the furious even though he he's a street racer right and then eventually Went into a completely different direction. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. know how they went in the direction they went in, but the cra- I mean, it makes money. So the craziest part that I think before I got into the industry was the problem is finishing the product, right? Yeah. So you have these directors that you'll say, I don't know why Warner Brothers keeps hiring this director. The movies are not good, or the writers are not good. But what you guys don't see is the amount of projects that don't get finished. Yeah. So they for don't... every like one product, a uh, product for every one project that's finished, there's about I want to say at least fifteen hundred ones that are not finished. So the reason they keep hiring that director or that team or that group of people <clears throat> is because they are finishing the product. They are getting it done, and like I said, your ideas. They're great, but 
I don't know who you are, who's ever listening to it. So they could be great, they could not be, I don't know. Right, but could be. But everyone, I truly believe this, everyone has really great ideas. Everyone inside of them has really great ideas and actually is super creative, regardless of their ability to, what's really difficult is your ability to express it, to execute. So if you don't have a written script, you might as well not even be telling people about your TV show or your movie. Because... That's the first thing they're going to ask. Anyone who you seriously talk to or who seriously has money and they seriously put things behind it, they yeah. say, cool, send me the script. And you're going to say, one thing that I would suggest if you're going to learn how to write, you don't even have to be, this is the crazy part, you don't even have to be a really good writer. All no. you have to do is just have a finished script. If your script needs work, guess what? People are way more willing to give you notes and help you improve a script than actually write one for you. Right. Even if you pay someone to write one for you, I guarantee you it's not going to be exactly what you wanted it to be because that person is not you. Right. Some really great screenwriting books. I don't want to say some things that are normal. Everyone knows like Story by Robert McKee. Everyone knows. There's another one, Save the Cat. I am not a fan of Save the Cat as a screenwriting book, but I think that I, I view Save the Cat like McDonald's. If you want food, yeah, this is food. Like if you want a screenwriting book on how to write screenplays, like. That is one of them. But in the beginning of the book, if anyone's actually read it, it, he tells you, hey, this will not teach you how to write all types of scripts. It only teaches you how to write scripts and scripts in which follows a standard Hollywood model. If you want to write, if you want to be an actual writer and know how to write yourself and not have to just follow that formula, then that is not the book for you. And he's very honest about it up front. I'm not just saying that, oh, I don't like that book. I'm not just going to say I'm defended a little bit. My favorite screenwriting book is definitely going to have to be How to Make a Good Script Great. It's uh, really awesome. So the second thing that we often run into, another big thing, is hiring the right crew and finding the right locations. Um, Yes, hiring the crew and finding the locations. Because one of the the things that me and DJ have come to know... So hold on. So to get started, have have your script written. I'm not even going to talk about the ideas part. Just mm-hmm. let's just have a written script, okay? And then you're gonna go into hiring people who can, or working with people who can get it made. AKA, you can either start networking. There's a lot of places online like Creative Society, and like just a lot of forums and things like that of people who. Like we live in Los Angeles. You throw a rock and someone works in entertainment right. around here, and you might need to do that. You might need to move somewhere where there are more entertainment. Not only Los Angeles, places like New York. Places like Atlanta, places like New Orleans, yeah, places like Nashville, uh, anywhere there's a hub, a good hub of people. But it's one of the things that I've come to know. It's really crazy. Is a lot of people just don't have the work ethic to do whatever it is they're trying to do. Because there's a lot of people on social media that will sit there and tell you. I can give you step-by-step play of what you should do and give you it all for free. But it's not going to matter because 99% of you are not even going to execute on what it is I'm telling you to do. Right. And one of the things that people, for some reason, do not execute on the most. I know people who will write scripts till their hands fall off. There are some people who are like that. I am not one of them. I like my hands. But (laughs) one thing that people do not uh, do not do is when it comes to finding that network for some reason people are like if you had to hit up your friends for lunch you probably wouldn't have a problem doing that but then when it comes to networking people networking with people 
they're usually very like you said i can tell you how to find all these really great networking places but you're likely not gonna do it no the easiest thing i would say to someone who's shy or maybe they don't have a large network is to really find somewhere guaranteed there are some local places in which people can which you can learn some filmmaking from is i want to give a big shout out to writing pad there's a company called writing pad and when i was learning how to write i met some of my great writing friends through some of their programs but one thing about writers is that they often are doing other things like i'm a writer director right i met a friend of mine who does writing and producing through them and they're working on our show. And right. I also met another person who's a writer cinematographer. And me and him have made some movies before. So, and though that was just two specific examples from writing pad, right? But I also right. know people from film school and stuff like that. Now, you don't have to go to film school. I personally did. That's a different story. Just because I felt like I needed a certain level of education and I know how I am. There's also connections that come from it as well. Right. And this is the this is where the who you know comes into play. A lot of people say who you know when it comes to only the money. Look, there is a I will say it like this. Getting the money is very hard to do. You can do crowdfunding. You can look for investors. If I was going to give advice on money sections, particularly, we might have to get to that and possibly like a follow up episode to this one, because that's a whole thing unto itself. One of the things that I would say was most surprising getting into the entertainment industry and starting to make a living from the entertainment industry, you have experienced this, I've experienced this, and then we've both together experienced this, is the amount of people that want to be in the entertainment industry and are in the entertainment industry but don't want to work towards a product within the entertainment industry do you get what i'm saying by that yeah there's a lot of people who like they like the glitz and glamour of they love going to red carpets they love going to the parties but that's about the extent of which they actually want to be involved in the entertainment industry they like saying oh i'm a producer they don't make anything they don't want to get bogged and i don't write anything they don't want to get bogged down by logistics they don't want to get bogged down by specifics and details they don't want to learn how to do a skill they don't it's it's very confusing. And that's why I've said it again, I've said it previously on this show, like if, if you become a grip and you learn how to become a grip, that is the number one way to me personally to get into the industry. I got my first studio job being a grip. I got my second, third, fourth, fifth studio job being a grip. And I'm a writer and director, but I know how to grip. I met most of my relationships with a lot of studios began that way. Now they know who I am. But again, this is something where you're not going to be on a red carpet, right? You're not going to have those egotistical, flashy stuff, right? But part of the reason this ties into how it started is, okay, cool. These are people that you want to really look for. A lot of people don't think, oh, everyone knows that you need a director and like a producer and like a writer, right? And you need actors. Da, da, da. Okay, but you're going to need a key grip, right? You're also going to need a gaffer. You're a cinematographer, a DP. You're also going to need uh, someone to do crafty. You're going to need some PAs, regardless of whether you actually want them or not. You're going to need some PAs. You're also going to need someone who, to do DIT. You're going to need some, and, and those of you who don't know who DIT is, he's the guy who takes your digital, who takes all your shots and categorizes them for you. They used to be called loaders when we did film. because They, they would load up the film. Right. And if you are using film, guess what? You're going to need a loader which I will say loaders are more expensive. Now, and everyone's, okay, I'll also need a really expensive camera. I hate to break it to you, but the camera is one of the least important things 
period. I remember when I did, when I drove for Uber way back in the day, back in like 2014, right? And I met some very important people. Like I met the editor-in-chief of Rolling Stone magazine got in my car. The head of Warner Brothers was the president of Warner Brothers got in my car. 2014 Uber was hot. Everyone's using Uber. And this is Uber X. This is the basic tiers. Both of them got in the car. Not at the same time. No, it was two different rides. But... I literally was like, if you're really that guy, why are you in an Uber X? And he was like, you think I got here by just blowing all my money? But <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's, the, it's true. The head of Warner Brothers, the president of Warner Brothers was funny because he got in the car with his friend who was a lawyer. And when he found out I was an actor at the time, he was like, oh, you don't want to talk to me. This is you obviously want to talk to this. Oh, guy. also a little side note. Get a good lawyer. Here's the thing. If you're a great lawyer. Even if, look, let me tell you, especially when this comes down to those contracts, because let whatever project you're working on become successful, it's going to come down to what's happening in the contracts. We've had some issues ourselves right. with some people saying that, oh, okay, you're supposed to pay me a certain way. And we're like, we are going to give you all that money, but it's put due on this date. You need to complete your end of the bargain. There are a lot of people who will try to swindle you and only give you half of the product and then expect full payment for some reason. So that's where the contracts right. come into play. If you don't have an agent or a manager, at least find someone that's a good lawyer or do or, you know, if you don't have the money to pay for a really big lawyer, do something like Legal Shield. Shout out to Legal Shield for $25 a month, you have access to lawyers and they can look over those contracts for you. They can't write them up for you, but it's really easy to go in somewhere to get a basic template, right? And this is also where that network comes from. On, on even something as simple as maybe a, a Reddit group or something like that. I personally yeah, don't. Yeah, Reddit but, group, Discord, anything like that. Right. But also... And so then get that free template, draft it how you think it should be drafted for that person or position, whether they're a grip, key grip, anything like that. And look and find out what above the line means and look at all those positions. We don't have enough time to go into everything. but And then send it to that person at Legal Shield for $24 for them to review it to say if it's good or not. Also... Get in your head the understanding that you are going to have to go after these people for your money. It happens on every single project. That's why we're telling you to get a good lawyer because these people are going to try and screw you over because they can. That's literally just the reason why is because they can. They will try and skimp on the payment or they'll try and give you a quarter of the payment and then try and not pay you. You will have to go after them legally to get all of your money. So, you don't call it so we don't call anyone personally. We've had this issue with every student we've worked with. In every project we've worked on. Yeah, it's not even, oh, only specifically one or two studios. It's like a lot of them. And the way a lot of these studios, they don't have their funds to be, like, they don't want to pay you, but the way they look over the funds is very mismanaged. Uh, There was a famous story about a guy who got, I think it was like $2 million out of Fox just because he was sending them bills, like fake electric bills. Just to their local production. It's not a secret with the address of these places, right? Just here in Burbank, he was just sending him a, a fake electric bill, and they were just sending him money, even though they were already paying an electric bill. They're very finicky when it comes to paying with you, which is why the lawyer is really important. So let's, you have your lawyer, you have your contracts, maybe you have a key grip, you have your team, right? You have a great written script, and so if you're doing television, something else that you're going to need is not just the really great pilot. So you have two issues, you have two ways to go. You have one, okay, I'm going to shoot a pilot, 
all right, with my team. And also, when it comes down to the funds, I will, because we don't have enough time for this, I'll just say that either they need to come from investors, meaning that you need to have a memorandum set up so that way they can have shares in the TV show or in the movie. You could find investors that way, or you could do crowdfunding. It all depends on how much you need. If you are looking for just, you want to just go the the credit card route, I would say set up an LLC, plan at six to nine months ahead of time. So that way your LLC can build up credit and then build up a credit history, good credit history. And then you can easily file for at least like 60K, it's way more than that. Some people are getting like half a mil, yeah. which is through really good business credit. But anyway, but if you have all of that, Next, you're going to have to look at being a showrunner and being a writer is two different things. Movies have writers and directors. TV shows really are under the showrunner and producer side, right? Either you have an, a pathway in which you shoot a pilot and then you shop around that pilot to get people interested quite with It's Always Sunny. I would look at how Always Sunny came up or you can go on the op- a different direction to where you are trying to get all the scripts written first and then... So have someone pay for the entirety of the project and a lot of times for most people it's like a, it's like a toss-up because on one side yeah i can shoot the pilot so i have something to show which can give them confidence that you'll do it or there's another side to it to where like you shoot the pilot and it's not executed once again it's all about the execution it's not about the idea it's not it's executed the execution right it's executed in a way in which the studio doesn't like it so then they'll say no we don't want the idea in its entirety so you have to make that it depends on the opportunity that is presented to you because there are multiple ways in which people can present you with opportunities and if you're so lucky to get those opportunities then that's the way you go about it a really great way to make your project look great and not look like it's done by amateurs comes down to really only a few things and the camera is not one of them I'm not saying that you should shoot things on an iphone but as long as it's 4k you're good to go. You don't need a red dragon. You don't need all these super complicated things. I have made films off of some really basic cameras and won a lot of awards. So I personally would just focus on, and again, the camera isn't what allows people to see something amateur or not. Right. It separates it's the, the professionals. It's the idea. And it's, well, it's, it's the execution. The right. execution of the idea. Right. And then, but visually, because a lot of people worry about visuals. It comes down to the lighting, which is something that a lot of people don't really care about for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why. The it lighting yeah. uh, is one of them. The color grading is another one. And coming down to the uh, the production design. These three things and what's in front of the camera. Don't spend a whole bunch of money on the camera. Spend a whole bunch of money on what's in front of the camera. The production design, the lighting, and the color grading. And it'll look pretty good. One of those things that you're really going to need with PD is locations. Nick, you want to talk a little bit about locations? Yes, locations is... A how do you scout for locations? The way that you scout for locations is you, first of all... Well, how do you scout for locations? How do I scout for locations? The way that I scout for locations is I read the script, right? I sit there and say, okay, where could this be? What do I picture it as? And, and you might talk with the creatives to see what they picture I it talk as. with, since DJ was the writer, talk with DJ as the writer saying, this is the idea that I have. This is what I'm thinking. And have a discussion and a conversation about that. And then it's basically going out to, you can go to Craigslist. You can go to uh, Gigster. Uh, is it Gigster? Oh, no. It's a, yeah, it's Gigster. Yeah. yeah, it's Gigster. I did a lot of mine on Gigster. And with Gigster, 
you have to, it's a lot of traveling. So it's a lot of, it's a lot of. Make sure you have a a car that can do that. (laughs) Right. You have a, it's a lot of driving. It's a lot of um, hunting down. It's a lot of talking to people because on Gigster, it's just regular people. Right. And so and finding look and be and understanding that you're not going to get the perfect location every time. Right. And it's also not everybody is going to give you their location. We went to one location where it wasn't even it was like down the street. And some people don't want to give their phone number. So they just want to talk to you on Gigster or they just want to talk to you on the platform or it's a lot of it's a lot of people managing. It's a lot of, and then you sit there and you have a, a scout listing location checklist. Take somebody with you. Since I was a producer, I had another producer come with me. You take pictures, you take video, you sit there and talk to them afterwards and tell them thank you. And then after you have a list of locations, then you go back to the creatives like, hey, here's a couple options we have. And then someone like me who's show running, really the showrunner or the director of a movie, but for TV shows, the showrunner would come in and be like, okay, I do or do not like this place. It's a lot easier to look at the videos and pictures and make a decision that way and really windle it down to, oh, I want to, this is the one or two place I do want to go. Right. And check out those places in person because the last thing you want to do is just go behind them and then look at every single location they looked at. You might as well have just gone with them. Right. And then you would do, you know, then you would do the tech scouting, which is whenever the the entire team comes out and checks out the location. But this is after location. you've decided that this is the location. Right. This is after you've decided, okay, this is, these two locations are what I'd really whittle it down to and say, this is what I, this is what I would want to see. And wow, time is really flying by right now. The last thing I want to talk about is the scheduling. Because this is all pre-production stuff. So we'll call this the pre-production episode. The pre-production. One thing I one thing I would say to finish up talking about cameras is the story that I was talking about the president being in the car is he was telling me himself. He was like, yes, you don't want it to look like crap. Yes, you don't want it to sound like crap. Yes, you want it to light well. But What a lot of people don't understand is we can throw money at anything. We can make it look fantastic. But if you put sprinkles on dog crap, it's still dog crap. What we're looking for is the execution of your idea. How well have you executed it on your own? And then once they see that you have that kind of talent, then they'll put more Once they see you can actually finish it. The finishing part is like, you'd be surprised. Then on top of that, you also have things like scheduling. So when you're doing scheduling, especially for a TV show, unlike a movie where it's like, oh, okay, we're going to, you know, you do this kind of in movies too, where you basically show at locations. Right. Uh, some TV shows, they try to go, some TV shows, depending on what the show is, like as a reality show, might be episode by episode. But a lot of times you go shoot at little locations per location. But hey, guys, this is the end of the. Uh, this is the end of the pre. I would say pre-production episode. We just want to get some advice because the Oscars are coming up, and a lot of people still want to break into the industry. And also realize that as long as you have something executed, sometimes people write books first. Game of Thrones was a book first. You know, what I'm saying there's a lot of things that were books first, and then eventually got transferred into television. As long as you get it finished and executed, that's really the big takeaway. Get something finished and executed. It's a really yeah. big takeaway. Not Start. the ideas, the execution. Start and finish. So, hey, guys. I'm Derek Johnson II. I'm Nicholas Killian. And we'll talk to you next time. See you. 
This has been Film Center on Comic-Con Radio. Check out our previous episodes at filmcenternews.com. Sign up for our newsletter and get the Hollywood trade straight to you. You can follow the show at Film Center News on all major platforms. Tune in next week for a fresh update. Until next time, this has been Film Center.